You're listening to Grow Yourself Up, a weekly mental health podcast hosted by Kath Cunahan. I'm a psychotherapist, writer, and speaker working in private practice in London. I specialize in the impact of our own childhood on our parenting and how we can heal and integrate our childhood trauma, wounding, and stress so that we can inhabit our full adult selves. Join us each week as we talk about all things growing ourselves up, how we can tend to ourselves in our parenting, generational healing, and overcoming the impacts of childhood trauma. Together, we will become more self-compassionate, connected, authentic, resilient, and heart-centered, so we can live our own full and beautiful lives. As a listener of this podcast, you're welcome to come over and join the Facebook group. So search on Facebook for Grow Yourself Up. It's a private Facebook group of all the listeners. And did you know there are journal prompts that go along with every episode? So sign up for the journal prompts on kathcunahan.com or go to my Instagram, kathcunahan, and sign up at the link in the bio there. And you will get my newsletter, Nurture, Heal, Grow, which contains all the journal prompts. Looking forward to seeing you in the Facebook group. The podcast is produced each week by the wonderful Audio Cafe. Thanks for being here. Hello, it's episode 71 of Grow Yourself Up. Thanks for being here. Today, I want to talk about attachment style. It's going to be a short episode um, because we're going to do more on attachment styles, but I talked um, uh, maybe two weeks ago about how attachment links to regulation. And um, I want to talk about, I want to specifically focus on why attachment is so important and why should we actually care about it? Like, why should we pay it any attention? So simply, our attachment style impacts everything. It impacts the way we turn up in the world in all the ways. It impacts the way we turn up at work. It impacts the way we turn up in our adult love relationships. It impacts the way we turn up in our friendships. It impacts the way we turn up with our siblings. It impacts the way we turn up with our children. And most importantly, it impacts how we relate to ourselves, how we hold ourselves, how we tend to ourselves, or how we don't tend to ourselves. So the way we turn up in the world is it's like intimately related to what we learned about ourselves and about others and about the world in our earliest relationships. Ideally, we want to be securely attached to ourselves. And many of us are not, uh, we, we come to therapy or we come into adulthood being insecurely attached and we are not securely attached to ourselves. And what that means is, is that we don't tend to and uh, sensitively attuned to ourselves and what we might need. Instead, we tend to reject ourselves and um, we label ourselves needy. We label ourselves ridiculous. We try and deny our feelings. We deny what we might need. We deny our hurts. We deny what's causing us pain. And that may be so habitual that we don't even know we're doing it. And 
we it also so this this being insecurely attached impacts the way we are the way the way our children impact us and the way when they are trying to um get things from us the way that pulls on us when i say get things from us i mean our attention um our affection and um you know like however they approach us if we are um insecurely attached we will respond differently so they're generally considered there's a two kind of main categories there's insecure attachment and there's um secure attachment for the purposes of today's episode i'm just going to focus on secure attachment because i've got an episode next week about um from someone who who went into motherhood securely attached and how she approached it um is different from how we would typically approach it when we're insecurely attached um the key thing that i noticed when i spoke to this person was how there was no shame so or very little shame um so where i'm going to do more on attachment looking in detail at the um at the different types of insecure attachment but i'm not going to cover that right now so when we are insecurely attached that means that we have not learned that the world is a place that will always turn up for us we've learned that people can be a source of danger um that relationships can be scary unpredictable that we need to be a certain way to be loved in relationships we don't learn that um we lovable however we are that people are essentially good and wish the best for us and that the world is essentially good so um there are various in different psychological theories there are various different models of um or different kind of names for for the model that we build in our head based on our attachment style um but john uh, bolby has a phrase our internal working model and you can imagine that as like the architecture in your head and it's not this is not literal this is a um i'm giving you like a a kind of a um an analogy or a metaphor but um we have architecture in our head based on how people have treated us and that architecture is is our blueprint for how we think relationships will be so let me give you an example i was secure, insecurely attached i'm now securely attached i would say i'm mostly securely attached to myself i have a secure relationship with my husband so securely attached and um i think that i'm securely attached with my children in some relationships i still demonstrate uh insecure attachment and sometimes in times of stress i um act from a place of insecure attachment first let me give you an example of dating though and in work so when when i went into the dating world initially if we don't um and i'm talking about online dating if we don't believe that we are worthy and that we don't have to work for love and that we don't have to put up with bad behavior we land up putting up with um with kind of behavior that doesn't actually work for us or we abandon ourselves or we put up with people being unkind to us or we just put up with things that are suboptimal for our, ourselves but we don't actually know we we might notice all oh, this feels uncomfortable or 
oh, I don't like this, but we think it's somehow our fault and that we need to double down on our efforts to make things better, as opposed to thinking, oh, I don't like this behavior. This is really not working for me. I'm going to skip out of the situation. Goodbye. Thanks for playing. We continue to try and so like say in an online dating scenario, um, often um, a combination that happens is is two insecurely attached people, one being more avoidant and one being um, more, um, more like contact seeking. And then the contact seeking person will initiate contact and will put up with, with behavior from the avoidant pe- person, which is, which doesn't help their attachment style and which makes them feel worse. And then they increase their contact seeking and that makes the other person feel more avoidant. And then everything kind of falls apart. And, Alongside all of that, there's a desire that possibly both people have a desire to be in a relationship, but they don't know how to turn up for themselves enough to soothe their own anxiety and then appear in the relationship as their adult. What often happens is there's all this um, insecurity and um, anxiety that dominates the relationship. For those of us who are more anxiously attached, um, there's a fear that we might be abandoned if we don't kind of um, sort of keep on making more and more effort. And for those of us that are more avoidant, so insecure avoidant, um, there's a fear that we might be engulfed or suffocated in relationships. So what then happens is if we are, so I'm going to use myself anxiously attached, we turn up and we don't just feel that it's okay to just say what we need to um, say, oh, I didn't like that, or no, I don't like that, or that sort of that's not going to work for me. We we just continue to believe that something is our fault and that we need to make an effort. And you can hear how impactful this will obviously be if you turn up in parenting like this. So when we have attachment styles that are more insecure, going to therapy is extremely helpful because we learn what what we can um earn an adult eye for something called earned secure attachment, where we learn how to treat ourselves because of how our therapist treats us. And what happens in a therapy journey is that we go to therapy. We and then this can happen, this plays out over a number of years often. And we demonstrate our insecure attachment behavior. So we may not trust the therapist. We may not believe that they really value us. We may think they are going to retaliate at some point and um, confirm for us that we are actually not lovable and um, that we have to work really, really hard in therapy so that they will approve of us, um, be fond of us, um, cherish us. And then when we have an experience of therapy where the therapist does none of that, so where the therapist is consistent, reliable, does what she says, or he says, is validating, um, shows us care, shows us concern, we start to see ourselves through the therapist's eyes. Because a lot of what happens in therapy is very similar to um, how parenting should ideally be. And um, and then we learn, we, we internalize our therapist, um, their voice, how they would respond, like what, what, what might they say to us? And we then can, can use that voice, use our internalized interest, like our, the interest, interject of the good therapist when we're outside in the world 
to help us. So we parent ourselves when we're in the outside world, even though we only see our therapist for one or maybe two or three hours a week. So there's there's like 168 hours in the week. And most of us see a therapist, um, if we are seeing a therapist, just for one hour. And so there's a lot of other hours where you have to be managing yourself out in the world with the original architecture that you have. So the original working model. And if the original working model says, um, and, and th- you might not be conscious of this, it might only be your behavior that demonstrates this, but if your original working model says, I am responsible for the emotions of the adults around me and I need to toil endlessly to make them happy, then if you go into your work and your boss is a bit grumpy um, and um like possibly ignoring you, that might send you into an absolute tailspin because you believe it's about yourself and automatically you believe it's about something that you've done wrong. And when you are starting to rebuild your architecture and have a different internal model, um, you'll be able to challenge that more and to think, oh no, my therapist said that my boss has a different internal world and that they've got their own stresses and that it's not about me and that I can trust that if they need to talk to me or they've got an issue with something I did or if we need to have a meeting, they will come over to me and they will um, they will be an adult and they will say what they need to say. And we can soothe ourselves with that knowledge and really um, choose not to overreact because if we don't interrupt that, we might run over and say, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong? Do I need to do this other piece of work? Or can I do this or can I do that? We like we might take work of their own work off their plate and rush to be like all perfectionist and um, kind of overly helpful because we think we've done something wrong. But that's a construction that we've made based on our own attachment. And so if we, and and anxiety, because insecurely attached means there's anxiety. If we're able to soothe ourselves and hold ourselves in um, what Carl Rogers talks, uh, what Carl Rogers talks is, so he's um, someone who's really big in the person-centered world, um, with unconditional positive regard, then we can say to ourselves, okay, sweetie, yeah, he, he's in a bad mood or she's in a bad mood, whatever, whoever your boss is. Um, and it feels really difficult to sit with this. And I'm here for you. And this is you talking to all your parts, by the way, not, not talking to your boss. Um, I'm here for you and we'll just wait to see what happens. We'll just get on with what we need to do. And if there's anything that I need to know about, they'll come and tell me. So we kind of really are gentle to ourselves and we notice our own anxiety. We care for ourselves. We turn to ourselves endlessly because we, that secure attachment is actually um, noticing our own internal experience on an ongoing basis and, and mediating it and soothing ourselves and being present for all of our different self states, all of our different parts, whatever language you want to use. When we haven't had enough tending to ourselves, we don't know how to do it. So we might habitually ignore ourselves. We may ignore ourselves. We may belittle ourselves. We may be so disconnected from ourselves. We don't even, we're not even aware that we've got an internal experience, but we all have an internal experience. I promise you that is true. And so the process of going to therapy, 
um, heightens our awareness for our own internal process. We become aware of our feelings. We become aware of our actions. We become aware of the fact that we have a choice in that. We become aware that we can change our architecture. Um, um, so our mental model. And this, this is so important because what I'm talking about here actually is mentalization about ourselves that we, we ponder. Um, okay. Mentalization is actually talking about the fact that we know that other people have a different, um, mind and a different set of assumptions and they view the world for a different lens. But, um, we can apply mentalization to all of our own self states and notice when, um, you know, like if you're feeling very triggered by your boss's behavior, to speak to that part of you, that inner child, and to say, yeah, I know, it's really hard. It feels so painful when someone around us is in a bad mood and we think it's all about us. And we can really use that, that mentalization skill to 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 um, reparent all parts of ourselves and then to act from our own adult. And this is extremely useful in parenting. And um, this this secure attachment is also, like the way I'm talking about being securely attached to ourselves and pondering our own internal experience is also how we help our children um, begin to tend to themselves because we are the ones who first wonder about all the things that are going on for them and help them understand that they too are worthy and lovable. All of their parts are worthy and lovable. And I I think that delving into this is really, really important because when we are securely attached, we don't criticize ourselves a lot. We don't think we're rubbish. We know it's okay to ask for help. And we don't have much shame. We just think, I'm okay. There's like a deep sense of, yeah, life's good. I'm okay. We expect other people to treat us well. We expect the world to generally be a benevolent place. Yes, I know there is like so much trauma and war and pain and horror in the world. And... um we're in a very sort of power over place in terms of where we've got to in our society with our patriarchal, capitalist, white supremacist, colonialist society, you know, actually tending to ourselves and teaching our children to tend to themselves with underlying kindness and compassion and love is a very powerful way to change the world one person at a time. Yeah, that's what I want to say about secure attachment. And we will go more into um, the different styles. I hope this has resonated. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Grow Yourself Up, hosted by Kath Cunahan. We'll be back next week with a new episode supporting you to better understand and tend to yourself for more heart-centered, connected, authentic, and resilient living.